Monday, May 3rd, Spencer Speaks Sports, hosted by Spencer Swoboda. Back to a slightly more normal schedule now. Uh, last week was backloaded with all the the uh, draft stuff going on. So, yeah, now we're back to the typical Monday, Wednesday, Friday deal. All right, and I want to just finish touching on the Patriots draft, what happened on day three, rounds four through seven. Obviously, before that, you had Mac Jones, Christian Barrymore, Ronnie Perkins getting drafted there. And now you have uh, Ramondre Stevenson of Oklahoma running back there to uh, to bolster that running back room. That's already pretty good there with you have uh, Damian Harris, Sonny Michelle, James White. Now you have Stevens in there or stevenson sorry and uh yeah that's uh i mean that dude can um is not afraid to take a hit you know and he, he's very uh, shifty as well so that's a good addition then you have a guy like cameron um uh, mcgrove i believe or mcgrone uh linebacker michigan this is going to be more of a developmental player i don't think he may not even play at all this upcoming season because he's coming off of an injury and yeah it's just like just a guy to sit behind some of the more veteran linebackers like a high tower van noy and then um, learn from that and then eventually get put into the starting lineup that you would think at some point or who knows he maybe um things uh aren't gonna turn out the way they they are um they may but uh but who knows then you have a guy like joshua bledsoe a safety out of missouri um just adding more depth there uh, behind mccordy and 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 duggar um then you have william sherman kind of another guy like like mcgrone there uh just adding depth to the offensive tackle position because you do have Trent Brown and Shaq Mason, those guys are going to be free or scheduled to be free agents next season. So just to have that added depth and then Trey Nixon wide receiver. So it was good that the Patriots did grab a wide receiver there at a central Florida. And uh, who knows? He could be, he could turn out to be a very good player. It's just that he's going to be sitting behind, obviously the guys that they signed, in, in like Kendrick Bourne, you still have Jacoby Myers there, and Nelson Aguilar, of course. So uh, Trey Nixon may have to wait a little bit. Will be more probably more of an impact maybe on on returning um, punts or, or kick returns, but I'm not exactly sure on that. And uh, just overall with the draft in general for the Patriots, they a draft they addressed the wide receiver needs um late obviously you know that's fine to me i don't think they had to really address it early i, I like the earlier picks with matt uh, mac jones barmore and and perkins uh, and stevenson's if you want to include him in there uh cornerback probably should have been addressed but there are obviously undrafted free agents that they could pick up still free agents floating around i mean you got richard sherman bashad b uh Breland, uh, players like that that they can sign on a, on a fairly cheap deal as well. So the, the, there is options if they want to add uh, more depth to the cornerback position. And yeah, that's that's what I got for New England there. Um, draft grade overall, if I had to be kind of honest, I guess. I mean, obviously, I would probably give it an A if I was just like um, from a Pats fan perspective. But I guess, I don't know, it seems like people were on average doing like an a minus b plus grade i would say and um i think i think that's probably fair um i think the 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 concern is probably the not addressing the cornerback need 
but uh, and and obviously doing the wide receiver stuff late. But uh, I don't know. I mean, you got Mac Jones and you got um, the play the players that could be put in right away in Barrymore and Perkins that can make an impact on the defense. So yeah, overall, I I do really like the Patriots draft that they uh, put together. Okay, so for NASCAR, this was at Kansas Motor Speedway this past Sunday or yesterday, and it was the Bushy McBush Race 400 um, presented probably, yeah, Bush Light, presented by Bush Light. And guess who won the race? Uh, no <laughs> no one other than Kyle Bush. so that's kind of fitting. Obviously, it's Kevin Harvick who has is the main Bush Light sponsor, of course, but uh yeah, it's just funny that Kyle Bush won the Bushy McBush Race 400 uh, presented by Bush Light at Kansas Motor Speedway. And now the it's it's the constant theme early on in this NASCAR season. The parody is still there. 11 races, 10 different winners. Martin Truex is the only driver to win twice this season. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's where the closest we've been to having a situation to where a win doesn't guarantee a play a playoff spot and i i still think it's it's going to be the usual case of if you win you're in into the playoffs i mean you would have to have some other uh, uh, at least two or three more crazy results from drivers you wouldn't expect to win but still i mean you have 10 different winners and kevin harvick hasn't won denny hamlin hasn't won though hamlin has been unreal this season i'm pretty sure he he hasn't recorded a win obviously but he's like top two in the standings still just based on the amount of of top finishes he had the amount of stage points he's getting towards towards playoff standings uh yeah it's ridiculous how good hamlin has been without a win so that'll come eventually this season and then you have chase elliott uh defending nascar uh, champion there he has he still hasn't won yet so that should be coming and then you also have like a guy like austin Dillon who can win a race occasionally and then he still has um the shot of winning a race this season of course so you could be looking at um towards the end of the season you could be having say 14 maybe 15 or 16 different winners uh i'd say i would keep it more around the the 10 i mean sorry the 13 or 14 number uh for the amount of winners we have but still that's um i don't think we uh, that's that's a pretty deep number i don't i don't know since this new playoff format has started in nascar i don't know um if that's like the record but uh, it has to be up there and uh and yeah it's it's, it's really just making things more entertaining because obviously uh, with a lot of these tracks you're still not having like the qualifying or, or practices and stuff um there it's just like a predetermined order based on recent finishes and current standings and all of that so it's uh yeah it's it's been very very fun to watch now kyle bush who's kind of been in a little bit of a slump he won uh, during the the playoffs last year but it was out of the playoffs already at that point but um but, but yeah Kyle Busch is is looks like he may be starting to turn things around could be a contender to win another championship later in the year but we'll just have to see as time plays out and yeah next week it's in uh, Darlington so it's going to be like the throwback weekend there's going to be some cool car schemes and later in the week or, or next week after the race is done I'll get to that more all right so I want to do some quick points here and this was something that I was you know I, I checked through obviously a bunch of different things and I was looking 
through the ATP um, world rankings and not a single American. This is on the men's side. Obviously, the, the um, woman uh, American tennis players are, are much more successful. But uh, yeah, not a single American on the ATP tour are inside the top 30 right now. And so that means John Isner has fallen off. He's in like the mid 30s. Taylor Fritz is kind of stagnant. He's at 32 right now. Opelka kind of stagnant. He's fallen down a little bit. And then you have a guy, a bunch of guys in like the, the 50s and 60s range. Hopefully Sebastian Corder makes his way up, but he's still young in his career. Uh, so, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's not necessarily a good look. Usually you, you expect Isner to kind of hold his ground and be in at least like the top 30, top 20. But uh, I mean, he's, he's getting older. He's what, like 34 or 35 now. So it, it makes sense that he's going to eventually fall off. So you need a guy like Fritz to move up Opelka, uh, Tiafo, Corda at some point just to get up there and, and make a good case that America can have a, a more of a constant champion and um and someone who can really compete week in and week out for titles uh and just the the madrid open this week it's a masters 1000 tournament and obviously on the clay and rafael Nadal is in this tournament so you would you would have to think that he would be one of the favorites um like, like no shit right but um but still i mean this is a madrid it hasn't been rafa's most successful clay court tournament and obviously you have those young next-gen uh, players coming up who are in the top 10, like Asispatas, Zverev, Dominic Team, uh, Mevedev even. So those guys can contend. Djokovic isn't playing. Novak Djokovic is not playing in this tournament. Um, I think uh, he may be injured right now um, to where he's just giving his body a little bit more rest before we enter the uh, the French Open here towards, I think it's at the end of the month. So he could be doing that. But yeah, right, right now you have to... Hey, give Rafael Nadal the advantage to win this entire tournament. And then if I'm moving over, yeah, I'll move over to soccer real quick here. And the Manchester United fans, this was on, was this yesterday or Saturday? But uh, I, I can't remember. But the, anyway, they stormed the pitch before Man United's match versus, it was either Liverpool or Arsenal. No, it was Liverpool. And yeah, the storm the pitch over um protest against the club and because man U was was one of those teams that were considering uh joining the super league or, or were part of the super league and now because of that apparently man U could be penalized points in the primary league standings and that would be not an ideal time to have that happen because we are about four or five uh matches away or fixtures whatever the hell you want whatever the heck term you want to use, but uh, of determining the champion, it'll likely be Man City because they they're like up 13 points, and we got yeah, like I said, four or five matches left. So I think one more win for Man City, and they're the, and they're the Premier League champions. But anyway, you have still, and the right now I believe it's Tottenham who's in fifth, so they have a little bit more work to do to try to get into the top four that would get them into next year's Champions League. But um, right now, Man U could be penalized, and they're in second. They're four points clear of Manchester, uh, Leicester City. Uh, my apologies. Six clear of Chelsea. So they should be fine with the top four positioning because I think they're like 11 points clear of fifth place Tottenham. So it's um, 
like I said, not not a big concern, but if it really just depends on the point penalty to where um, it, the Premier League could do something to where Manu still would have to work for a spot. Uh, but I doubt it. I mean, you what at most maybe a three point penalty, you would think uh, it, it can't be too absurd just based on the work they've done this season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess you because <laughs> you don't really know until it happens. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting battle though. So say Man City, Man United, Leicester City, Chelsea stay away from Tottenham because Chelsea's five points clear as well uh, from fourth to fifth. There you have Tottenham in a in a really close battle with teams like West Ham, Liverpool, Everton, six through eight respectively. There who are yeah, Everton's an eighth and are only four points out. So that's uh, that really draws some intrigue for that uh, Europa League uh, group stage berth. And I, I mean, obviously it's not the Champions League, but you still want to compete in those larger tournaments as a as a top European club. So, yeah, like I said, Man U. Should be fine, but I guess we'll <laughs> we'll have to see depending on the possible penalty uh, the Premier League or whoever uh, uh, dishes out to them towards uh, or against their standings. Okay, the, the last thing I wanted to get to for today's uh, episode was LeBron James and I guess the NBA standings in general, but LeBron James... Um, opinion or recent opinion on the play-in tournament and okay i'll explain the play-in tournament again so you're in each conference east and west you're going to have your seven through ten seeds play in this play-in tournament prior to the actual playoff starting so now your seven and eight will play against each other and the winner of that is the seventh seed the nine and ten seeds will play the loser of that is eliminated and then the loser of the seven eight and the winner of the 9-10 will play each other. That winner is now the eighth seed. So the Lakers and the team that LeBron James is on uh, currently sticks in the West. And so that is the last spot before entering the play-in territory, of course. And right now they are currently have the same record as the fifth place team, Dallas Mavericks and the seven seed Portland Trailblazers, who is, of course, the first team in that play in tournament. And so for looking just at the West in general, right, you you're likely going to have the Sun Jazz be the top two seeds, uh, whatever order that is. You'll have the Nuggets and Clippers, and I'll get to the Nuggets after uh, this uh, this point here with LeBron and the Lakers. Um, you have the Nuggets and the Clippers going to be the three, four, however that lands. Then you'll have the Mavs, Lakers, and Blazers be the five through seven, and then likely the Memphis Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors, San Antonio Spurs be your eight through uh, 10. I don't think the the Pelicans will have enough to move from 11 to 10. There's like two and a half games back. I don't know if they'll be able to climb out of that. Still a, a, a good amount of games to, to be able to do it, but uh, it, the, the odds seem slim at this point. And so basically anyway, LeBron, this is his quote on the play-in. Whoever came, well, this was after the after the loss last night to Toronto as well. Whoever came up with that shit needs to be fired. And it's kind of funny because ahead of the, let's see, before the teams came back 
into the bubble last year in 2020, the uh, LeBron was in favor of uh, the playing game, said he, he, he liked the idea of the format and all that. So it's kind of funny now that after a year and when the Lakers are more or are closer to the playing game scenario that LeBron James is hating on it. And it was kind of the same deal with the Mavericks and, and Mark Cuban and their players of how they supported it. Obviously, Mark Cuban and owner voted for it. And now since they're close to it and may have to actually be in it, that's when they hate it. And the the simple thing for that is just play into the top six seeds. Like it, it's pretty easy. If you think you're a good enough team to be a title contender or whatever, then you should be in those top six seeds regardless and shouldn't be complaining about the playing game if you happen to be in it. And I know the Lakers are dealing with injuries and stuff, but a bunch of teams have been dealing with injuries, COVID concerns, all that stuff to where the these standings are who knows they may not be showing a team's true self when it gets into the playoffs but it's i mean it's it's the the nature of the sport sometimes people are going to be injured playing the sport that they're that they're in i mean or or, or i mean obviously covid is a little different story but um in this case with the lakers with lebron and anthony davis being injured um that's just somehow that's just the nature of how things go sometimes so i mean you would think that the Lakers, you know, I mean, they've what they're they've won three of the last ten games that they've played. So you would think that they could close well in the season to at least get the five or six in in the Western Conference and avoid the play-in. But if they do, I mean, it's going to be very intriguing, and that's what the NBA signed up for in doing this. You're going to have a super intriguing uh, these these single basically elimination games to to get into the playoffs you could have lebron playing steph curry in one of these playing games for a spot into the playoffs to play either uh, like i said most likely going to be utah or phoenix and i think that's what the fans want the only people that don't want it are the team are the teams and players that are actually part of the play-in and then like i said the the easiest way to solve that problem is to be in the one through six seats like like play your way out of it if you don't enjoy it that much or or you think it's a, a shitty idea and and you <laughs> you want whoever created it to be fired so um which i'm pretty sure the, the you know all, are all the owners going to be fired now is that is that what's going to happen uh, i don't think so so uh yeah so if, if lebron hates it so much then just play out of it and I mean, they they have everybody in the lineup. Obviously, they need to get uh, a little bit more adjusted to everything after the the layoff with the injury. But uh, yeah, I mean, they, they're more than capable to to stay out of the seventh seed and, and get past, say, uh, Dallas or or Portland, whoever it may be. I want to touch on the Denver Nuggets, like I said, because it is kind of remarkable how good they have been since Jamal Murray has been out. And Jamal Murray is probably, you would think, their second or third best player on the team. And he went out with the torn ACL. And I was thinking, like, okay, maybe they stay where they were. They were, what, like fourth or fifth in the standings at the time? And... So I'm like, okay, maybe they just hold serve, get into the playoffs, but I don't see them making it past the first round, you know. But as of now, these last 10 games where Murray has been out, they are 9-1, and one, so they've gotten better. Like I said, they're th currently third in the Western Conference ahead of the Clippers by a half a game. Uh, so 
they'll be fighting for it's either going to be the three or four spot likely because i don't see utah or phoenix falling to them necessarily but if they keep the the run that they're on then then maybe who knows uh, they can maybe cut down that gap if one of those two teams struggle but anyway it's just remarkable to me how without jamal murray they've gotten better and nikola Jokic, their their power forward there even center i don't know but he's he is uh i think starting to separate himself from the rest of the players in the league for most valuable player and i mean he's what he's like top five in in points rebounds and assist in the league and for a guy like that to be so versatile with those stats it's it's pretty it's pretty remarkable and i honestly i think it's just the way to like the the way the dude looks it's like well this this is this really our league mvp you know i think the the voters are having um a tough time wrapping their their head around a dude like this of how skilled he is at, at shot making and rebounding obviously it, it, based on his height and size is is easier but the the way he's able to pass the ball around the court as well is just um, something that a lot of people have never seen before so Jokic seems to be the front runner for the MVP and yeah they've just gotten better like I said 9 and 1 their last 10 only the Knicks have a, an equal or better record than that in the last 10 games so i don't know what's going on exactly but the nuggets are are having success right now i still think i, I just really don't trust a, a deep playoff run but who the heck knows um if say they're the three seed and they have to match up against the lakers who are a six that's super dangerous i think the lakers get by there so hopefully that the fingers crosses i think the any team who's the one through four want to avoid the Lakers um, in the first round, of course, being the defending champions and having LeBron and AD in the lineup, uh, you want to avoid that, but it may be unavoidable. And so that's, that's why I'm thinking that I don't see the Nuggets making a deep run, especially if they had to play LA. I will be back on Wednesday for another episode. The Bruins play tonight. They play the Devils. So I believe if they win, they're into the playoffs. So that would be good to just get that out of the way. And hopefully they can make a, a push to maybe move up in the East Division standings before the playoffs. But we'll just have to see. And, yeah, let's just get the win out of the way first. Um, so, yeah, see you, see you on Wednesday. Yeah.